radioinfluence.com. You are in the trenches with former Buccaneers offensive lineman Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. Hello, everybody. This is Ian Beckles, and welcome back to In the Trenches. We love Victory Mondays. Our Buccaneers played Saturday night, which seemed like a, a two-Sunday weekend. It was a whole lot of football viewing for me, but our Buccaneers get it done against that Washington football team, and uh, I, I spent a whole week on air fighting saying that, uh, their actual name from back in the day. It's not an easy thing to drop, so I'm getting, I'm getting there. The Washington football team... Who fought? They fought the Buccaneers. Uh, They came ready to play. This young man, uh, Tyler Heineke, who I'd never heard of in any level ever before. We made him look good. We made him look good defensively. That scares me a little bit because Drew Brees ain't that. He's not that. And the Saints are not that. So for the Buccaneers to go to New Orleans and get that done, they got to represent substantially better than they did on Saturday night. Now, let me start let me start by squashing all this stuff that everybody says. This is lazy this is lazy um, you know, media work. It's hard to beat somebody three times in one year. Stop saying that. Here we go. In nineteen seventy, since the nineteen seventy merger, twenty teams have had to face a divisional opponent in the playoffs after beating them twice in the regular season. Thirteen of those teams won uh won the third matchup. So sixty five percent of the people within a division who beat somebody twice, beat them the third time. So let's stop saying that, oh, it's hard to beat somebody three times in a season. It's, it's not, if you're better than them. You know, when you get punched in the face, and we got punched in the face twice this year by the Saints, okay? We saw the game. The last one was hideous. Last one, I believe, was when we tried to rush the ball, or I don't even, just even trying, but we rushed the ball four or five times. I think it was five, and the last one might have been a kneel. Okay, so we didn't rush the ball worth a darn. So we have to learn from our mistakes, and we have to play substantially better than we played Saturday night against against Washington. Now, offensively, there's not a whole lot that scares me. It really, there's really not. Offensively, this team is finally clicking. Now, it was nice to have Mike Evans out there being, you know, the trooper that he is and that he's been that his whole career. Um going out there representing. He didn't look like he was 100%, although uh, he broke a record for receiving yards uh, by a Buccaneer, beat Keyshawn Johnson's record. Tom Brady broke the record as well, smashed Brad Johnson's record by over 100 yards. So, you know, offensively, it looked good, all right? There's not a whole lot of complaints for me offensively. Defensively is a whole different ball of wax. I, I didn't feel it defensively. Once again, we couldn't get... To Heineke, we couldn't get to him. When we get a good push, a young man just kind of bounced out of got, got out of the pocket, made some plays. And to let that guy throw for over 300 yards, uh, that's alarming, okay? Because the Saints will throw for 500 if you allow that to happen. Uh, the good things I saw, pass protection for the most part was pretty good. Uh, I thought Leonard Fournette probably ran as hard as I've seen him run all year, and that's good. We need that, you know? You know, Rojo, I guessed, you know, messed up his quad in warm-ups and because he wasn't a healthy scratch because he was dressed. But that kind of, you know, left him a little shorthanded. 
But Fournette uh, rose to the occasion. I thought he was running hard. I haven't said that all year. I didn't. I that's the first time this year I thought he ran hard. Rojo is not always the most efficient runner to me, but I always think that he runs hard. And you know, as a whole, offensively, everything looked pretty good to me. Cameron Brait, you know, pitching in, doing his thing. You know, Cameron Bray may end up being the X factor before this is all over. You know, I'm, I've I've been hard on Cameron Bray in the past. You know, I don't really understand why he should be getting eight million dollars to do as little as he has. Okay, he really was start off the season as our third string tight end. So, Cameron, you owe us a little something in the playoffs. I thought he played well on Saturday. Um, like I said, Mike Evans was an animal. Uh, AB is starting to be AB. Um, you know, what's great about this Buccaneer offense is you don't know where to focus. You don't know where to go. Gronk's going to get his. Now you're getting Brait getting his. With the wide receivers, it's kind of a pick-your-poison kind of thing. And, you know, I, I guarantee the Saints are looking at this Buccaneer team not like the team that they punch in the face twice. This is a scary Buccaneer team. Defensively, it didn't look right to me, okay? It, it looked good enough to beat Washington in Washington, but it sure enough is not good enough to beat the Saints in New Orleans or anybody after that. That is for sure because it doesn't get any easier after this. If you've been looking at, you know, the you know playoff uh, football, there's a lot of offense going on out there. There's not that many people playing defense, you know? And we were one. We didn't play defense on Saturday night. We really didn't. We didn't get to Heineke, okay? And like I said, it's going to get way, way harder than that. It's good to see Suckup making his kicks. You know, when it's all said and done, Suckup probably ended up having one of the best, or still is having, one of the best years for, for a Buccaneer kicker since maybe way back to Steve Christie. So there's a lot of pieces in place. Uh, you know, there's, you got you to nitpick a little bit, even though they win. That's what I do, because it wasn't all perfect. Obviously, Chris Godwin with four or maybe five drops, okay? It was a lot of drops. And this is coming, you know, weeks after his hand surgery. And, and you know, right afterwards, he wasn't that bad. And then now, all of a sudden, you know, things are creeping up on him, and he just seemed uncomfortable. And why? That I, have, I have no idea. And... As far as the offensive line go, I thought they did a good job opening up holes. And for the most part this year, I give the offensive line a thumbs up. I would rather to see Byron Leftwich attempt to run the ball a little bit more, but that's not really on the offensive line. They can only block what's what's called. So going into New Orleans and playing the Saints, and I've been saying this all year, run the ball. I'm not even going to waste my breath. That's not what we are. We're just, we're not that. We're not the team who runs the ball 30 times a game. We're not that. But you know what? That'll get you in trouble. You see the Steelers last night? The Steelers aren't a running team. Going to get you in trouble in the playoffs. You have your quarterback throw the ball 60 times in a game, you know, a playoff game that's a little bit cold. You're a dink and dunk type team. What's going to happen for sure? It's going to be some tip balls. There's going to be some interceptions. And that game got ugly really, really quick yesterday. And I know there's a lot of people calling for the heads of Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger. Steelers just weren't that good. They really weren't. I was on air with Ron. It might have been in early December 
And when the Steelers were 11-0, whatever that was, Ron's like, this team, I go, that team is not good. He said, what do you mean they're 11-0? I said, they're just not built that well. They're, not, they're definitely not built for December and January. And then Je- December and January came, and they're 1-5. You can't fake it anymore. You can't fake it anymore. You have to limit the ability to, to, to do the bonehead plays, which is interceptions. And, 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 and fumbles come, all right? But when you're throwing a ball that much, bad things are going to happen against a good football team. And, you know, the Browns put it on them. The Browns, what do they do? Baker Mayfield wasn't great yesterday. He was good. That's all. That's all he had to be was good. But they were great around him, running the football, gouging the Pittsburgh Steelers on on the ground. That's what the Buccaneers have to try. To me, I don't know if the Buccaneers want to do the shootout thing. I know they can score points. Is the Saints the team that you want to do the shootout thing against? That I'm not quite sure. In their house. Now, the home field advantage obviously isn't nearly what it used to be, but the Saints are still very comfortable at home, and they're, and they're always that. So the Buccaneers are going to be playing Sunday night, 620. I don't love these late night ga- games, you know. It's, they're long, long days, especially when you're the third game on a Saturday. That made it for a long, long day although I pace myself, thank the Lord. But this is it now, guys and gals. We're not far off. You don't have to win too many more. And the Saints are beatable, you know. If, if I had to bet my house one way or the other without a point spread, take the Saints. Are the Buccaneers able to beat the Saints? 100%. 100 but that's on them. That's your mentality of you going into the game thinking you're going to win that game. The Browns went into that game thinking they were going to win that game, as did the Baltimore Ravens. They had that look as well, although it started off shaky. So the Buccaneers are going to need early success, no doubt in my mind. You, They have to prove to themselves that they belong on the same field as the Saints. And here's where, you know, Byron Leftwich and, and Todd Bowles and Bruce Aarons, here's where you, you make your money. Yesterday, I was seeing, you know, coaching win some games. And I was seeing players lose some games as well. Chicago makes the one catch early and they score that touchdown. The complexion of the whole game is different. Might turn out different, you know. You never know. When the other side is gripping, that's when you make mistakes. So it's about limiting the mistakes early and proving to yourself that you belong on that field with the Saints on on Sunday at 620. But I'm definitely looking forward to that. That is for sure. And hopefully we'll be celebrating another Victory Monday next Monday because I'm really starting to get used to these. No doubt about that. Anybody wants to hit me up, Ian Beckles at RadioInfluence.com. I'm popping up on some other uh, podcasts as well. Make sure you're checking those out. And uh, Beckles and Retcher, which is on 95.3 and 6.20 a.m. will be 3 to 5 today, but normally 3 to 7 during the week. So hopefully you guys are tuning into that as well. Do me a favor. Have a wonderful week. Enjoy this nice victory. Uh, and let's hopefully get it done again next week. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Have a wonderful week. And please be safe. Peace out. You have been in the trenches with Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. This is a sitting ringside with David Penzer quick fix on Radio Influence.
This week on City Ringside, as we head into this Saturday night's Hard to Kill pay-per-view from Impact Wrestling, we will talk to the man who is manipulating it all. I'm talking about the Executive Vice President of Impact Wrestling and the Invisible Hand. What a week he's had. Don Callis will be our guest, going to talk about where things go from here now that it seems like the Young Bucks are on board and it looks like there's a Bullet Club reunion. We're going to talk about where he stands with Tony Khan and if he's afraid that Tony will pull the plug at some point of this ultimate plan that they have. Also, we're going to talk to him about Impact Wrestling. Have him put on his executive vice president hat and talk about what he saw, the challenges of coming in when he did and uh, working with Scott Demore and the talent uh, to build back this company. And also talk a little bit about his time away from the business and if he might end up with this new band back in New Japan Pro Wrestling. All that and so much more as we head in to Hard to Kill. Don Callis, this week, a unique interview, a unique man on Sitting Ringside. Sitting Ringside with David Penzer can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.